This is your host, Matt Sheeks, and you're listening to the Tritheos Podcast. Today on our show, we've got Melody Hewitt, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, she's a triathlete from the Seattle area and just someone that's definitely been uh, an encouragement to me uh, in my faith and uh, just someone that's uh, really excited about her walk with God. So uh, someone I definitely wanted to have on the show. Melody, do you mind saying hi to everybody? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. I'm I'm glad that we finally get to do this after quite a saga of um, <laughs> prepping yes. and have, having technical difficulties. Yeah, talking about it. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you've got a good blog post um, up uh, on your own site, and we'll probably be sharing that on the, the Tritheo site as well. So hopefully that'll be a good compliment to this podcast so people can kind of have, have that as uh, kind of show notes, I suppose. Okay. Um, but yeah, it'll be definitely be good to have you kind of elaborate a little bit on on your story and uh, kind of what's been going on and uh, with you in triathlons and stuff like that. So yeah, um, I guess we can just kind of cut to the chase and, uh, you know, we're going to be, we're going to, I don't have to give you a big introduction because I guess we're going to be learning a lot about you throughout, um, throughout this show because a lot of it is about your story now, how God has worked uh, in your life kind of over a long period of time. And so I was just hoping if you could uh, maybe share that story. And as I understand it, you know, you kind of had, um, you kind of had a period of time when you were younger, when you kind of grew up in the church. So could you, you start out maybe telling us about that and maybe about like your family and uh, how they impacted your faith early on? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in the church most of my life. Um, actually, my family is Jewish, but my grandmother converted to Christianity when she was younger. So then my mom's side of the family grew up Christian. So I um, spent most of my life going to church, and in junior high, I was pretty active in the youth group and also in high school. Um, and I actually, even when I graduated, I decided to go to a Bible college my first semester. So I was pretty active. I felt pretty strong in my faith and um, things seemed really good even at my first semester at Bible college. Um, And then I decided to go to Honduras. I felt like God was calling me to missions. Um, So I went to, after my first semester of college, I went to Honduras for a while to do mission work over there. And uh, I think through that experience, that was kind of a rough experience. And then coming back and having some uh, not-so-good experiences with my church, I kind of quickly walked away from, from my faith. And at the time, I kind of I just told myself that it was, I was taking a break from church. And I slowly, it became more of a break from God. Um, kind of a 10-year a break, even though I didn't realize the years kind of came by pretty fast without me realizing it had been that long. So, Melody, um, so what were some of the, the factors that might have caused you to want to take that break and 
kind of some of the factors that uh, maybe have left a bad taste in your mouth or or maybe things that even uh, challenged like the root beliefs that you had initially? What, what were some of those things? Uh, I think that I, growing up in the church that I did, I kind of grew up with this idea. I was taught that you could lose your salvation and, you know, if your you know heart wasn't right with the Lord and that's kind of a, a pretty vague um, idea. So I spent most of my Sundays growing up, you know, answering the altar call to give your life to Christ again. Um, but I didn't really know why. It was just like I probably said a bad word last week or something and felt like that meant I was going to go to hell. So um, most of my growing up it was pretty fear-based and guilt-based. And so there wasn't a lot of like love and peace and joy as part of that, um, which kind of missed the whole point of the Christian life and what Jesus offers us. And so I think with that too, it kind of made things not very authentic in the church that I went to because no one can be perfect all the time. So then people are pretending to be a different way. And so you, you can't really feel safe um, to be vulnerable and be an authentic person. So it's just kind of a lonely place. So I think I felt wounded by the church um, in a sense. And so it kind of made it easier for me to walk away, especially when I came back from Honduras, because that was such a big time in my life. And when I came back, I just felt like things were not genuine and, or my church wasn't really supporting me in the way that I thought a community would support you. And so it just felt really, it felt really lonely. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, if you're basing, like, uh, obviously Christianity, it's not about fear and guilt and being motivated by those factors. But unfortunately, people might be trying their best, but if religion creeps in and, you know, people want to put up a, a facade or, uh, you know, try to act like they're perfect. Um, they're kind of those elements can creep in, even though that's not really, that's not really a, a prime motivator, um, in the Bible, you know, God's grace and God's love and acceptance would be primary motivators. Um, but that can get distorted through various, various means. And it sounds like that was the case for you. So, um, so that's a bummer. So why don't you, why don't you tell us about the ensuing years at UW and kind of, um, you know, so there's kind of this relationship that you had with God, but your maybe your viewpoint on it was flawed. But then how did you try to kind of fill that void, um, you know, that uh, just having God in your life and having purpose based on God's plan for your life? Like, how did how did that change once God wasn't part of your life? Well, do you mean how did or what was it like when I wasn't going to church or didn't believe in God and that period of my life? Yeah, exactly. What was that like? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think just over the years, I kind of slowly convinced myself, uh, or at least tried to convince myself I didn't do a very good job, um, that there was just no, no such thing as God or a soul or heaven or hell or anything like that. Um, and I just tried to, tell myself that that was more comforting that idea than the idea that there was like judgment or hell or heaven or you know having to live a perfect way or or something like that um 
And so I would just tell myself that, even though I was still, like, totally, deathly afraid of, you know, dying. And because and, I, I always knew something in the back of my head, like, okay, I'm missing something here. But most of the time, I just kind of tried to ignore it and just, you know, go about my life and, um, you know, doing the things that would make you think that your your life is going the way that it that it should, what people tell you, you know, go to college, get a good job, make more money, just different things like that. I had like a 10-year plan. <laughs> and so just going along day by day, checking the boxes. And, um, you know, I, I think I just was never, even when I would accomplish something, I, you know, I would think, oh, I'll be happy once I do blank or once I finish college or once they get a better job. And then I would do that, and I would never, I just would feel exactly the same. I felt no more satisfied than I had before. Yeah. And so it definitely felt like there was something missing. Um, there, you know, there wasn't like a anything horrible going on in my life. You know, I wasn't addicted to drugs or anything like that. But um, there was definitely something missing. And so I think uh, through that time, I I felt that missing piece, but I was also very like cynical about about God or religion or church or anything like that. So I didn't really want to have anything to do with it, even though in the back of my head I always kind of knew like, okay, I do believe in God, even though I try to pretend I don't, but I don't know what that looks like because I the church experiences I've had isn't something I want to be part of, and so I kind of felt a little bit stuck. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, you know, maybe things were, were good, but there is still maybe something not quite right and something lacking. So did you kind of feel like you were just on, on autopilot, uh, just kind of things were, were good, but not great. Or like, how would you, how would you categorize it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, even when things are, good or I mean it's not such a big term but I think at the end of the day we're all broken people right and I think Jesus is the hope to that brokenness and so um and you you know you can meet all your goals that you want but there's still that brokenness part of you and there's only one thing that can start to heal that and so and that's so different for everyone I mean like my brokenness from the outside might not look like might look like my life is great and someone else's might it might be like, okay, they obviously have some major issues going on, but it's all like on that spectrum of brokenness. And so I think, yeah, I definitely experienced like just sadness and loneliness and I just didn't have the the joy that um I do now. I don't know if I had that before because I think my church experience growing up, like that was very much kind of not part of the picture. It was more about like merit-based living and sin management living. So I, I think that the peace and love and joy part of the Christian life was not as important as like making sure you lived in a bubble and never sinned and did anything wrong. And, or at (laughs) least try to pretend that you were doing that, even though that's totally impossible also when you're doing that it's like that's really hard to live 
that way. But if you're trying to build a community with other people that also follow Jesus and want to be part of that community, it's like there, you can't, you can't build that an authentic community that way because then everybody's trying to pretend that they're perfect. And like, especially when you live on that merit based, um, kind of religious way, then, I mean, life is messy. Like you have to, in that community, have space to be able to be like, man, I screwed up and it sucks. But that doesn't mean that, you know, God's like, oh, you're out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can never um, have a functional like working community, you know, if it's based off of, you know, all those, all those factors that you mentioned. So um, so that's, that's too bad that that was your experience, but you know, Hey, that's reality. And part of people being sinners and be, being broken is they, they want to live for, uh, pleasing others and not pleasing God. So, you know, elements like that, uh, where there's, there's fear of man, um, can definitely creep in and then it becomes legalism. So, um, definitely something at Tritheos that we don't want to encourage, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you did end up kind of uh, refinding um, your faith in God and, uh, you know, God had a plan for you. And um, just tell us about some of the people and some of the factors that caused you to kind of reinvestigate um, the truth and kind of uh, your beliefs. And, and how did that happen? Yeah. So, well, you know, I spent 10 years uh, away from ch- church and God. And I, like I said, was slowly convincing myself that there is no such thing as God. Um, at least that's what I told myself. And um, But there was just some really big holes in my theory that there was that there was no such thing as God. Um, the biggest hole would be that um, when I was a kid, I was about nine years old, I had a brain tumor that was one-fourth of my brain size. So it was pretty big. Uh, the doctors removed it. And they expected a good outcome. So after the surgery, though, I did have to get check up on my eyes every six months, which was a real big bummer. <laughs> and they weren't very much fun. And I remember my last check of my eye, I was 12 years old, and I was so excited um, that it would be my last one because I felt like, okay, cool, I get to be a normal kid again. I don't have to go to the doctor all the time. And on my last MRI, uh, the doctor told us that the brain tumor was going back and that I needed to get another surgery. Um, and he wanted me to do it as soon as possible because the, the sooner I got it done, he thought the, the better the outcome would be. And for some reason, I still don't know why, but I was like completely dead set on not getting another surgery. And in fact, I ran out of the hospital that day and hid from my mom the whole day. My mom couldn't find me until the night I was at a friend's house. And so after talking wow. to my mom about it, She said that I could have some time to think about it and we can talk about it longer. Like it didn't have to be the next week I was going into surgery. And so when she told the doctor that, he was extremely angry with that decision. In fact, so much so that he called child services and said that my mom was neglecting me. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So actually a social worker had to come out and check my a few different times and and check my home life and make sure everything was legit. And so after all of that, she decided that, okay, you know, it's a slower growing tumor. It wasn't an emergency. It wasn't one fourth my brain size scan or anything like that. So I could have some time to think about it. And um, so about 
six months went by, and every time my mom would try to bring it up, I kind of just shut down the conversation. And, um, you know, she'd be like, oh, I just everyone's praying for you. I really think God's going to heal it. And, I mean, I thought that was a nice, you know, a nice gesture. But I just, there's nothing inside me that could, like, believe that. Um, although I wanted to, I just, it, I just couldn't believe it. And then at around that six month mark, I did have to get another MRI, um, just to see what the progress was. And they did see it growing still. It was slowly growing. So it wasn't, a, it still was an emergency. I still had time. Um, but you know, it had been, been growing a little bit. And so a couple months after that, I went to a youth group retreat. It was a winter retreat up at Slater Mountain, and it was super fun, and after one of the uh, worship services, a girl named Abby, who was a youth group leader, so she was a senior, came up to me. I didn't know her at all. She didn't know me at all, Um, and she said, you know, hey, I have something to tell you. This is really weird, and I've never done anything like this before, but I feel like I have to tell you this, and so I was really... (laughs) intrigued at the point at that point and um so she told me god had told her that he'd healed me of something but she didn't know what it was and the scripture that he gave her to tell me was matthew nine twenty about the woman that had been bleeding for years and years and years and doctors couldn't help her and when she found out jesus was coming to town she thought if she could just touch his cloak she would be healed and so when he came to town and she touched his cloak in the crowd he felt that power leave him and he stopped and, you know, asked her what was going on. And she told him and he said, well, you're healed by your faith. And so at that point I knew it was a physical healing. And so I went home and told my mom about it and she scheduled another MRI. And, okay. um, and, and every MRI I'd had before then I'd always been so nervous, freaked out. And for, you know, this MRI that I just had, this amazing piece about it. Like I was so calm and I just felt so peaceful about the whole thing. And so we got the MRI and, and they got the results the next day and I went to the, back to the doctor and nothing was there. I never had to get another surgery. And um, in the last 16 years, every checkup MRI I've ever had, I've never had any, it's, every MRI has been clean since then. Wow. So, yeah, so that was a big hole in my in my story about there not being a God. So <laughs> um, I tried to to tell myself, you know, because of course I'd creep into my head over the last ten years, like, well, how do you explain this? How do you explain this? And I'd be like, well, maybe maybe there was nothing there to begin with. Maybe it was scar tissue, and the doctors read the MRI wrong, and. You know, but then I was like, well, that doesn't really account for, you know, the doctor being so mad that he called social services on my mom and also Abby doesn't even know me and is, you know, coming up to me in the middle of my church at, at 18 years old. I mean, she was probably so scared <laughs> to do that. Um, so it didn't really take into account those things. Um, but mostly I think I just tried to forget that that happened um, because I felt part of me felt really guilty about it. You know, it's like, well, I don't believe in God. And then another part of me was like, well, how do I explain this? And what do I do with this? Because this happened. This is a very tangible thing that happened in my life. So obviously there's something. So I just kind of, I think I just tried to push it down. (laughs) 
okay, I'm just <laughs> going to go about my life um, and just pretend not think about that too much. Uh, and I did a pretty good job at it for a while um, until I had my friend's little brother about a year and a half ago passed away. And I went to his memorial and the whole side of us, they were talking about how he had gone to be with Jesus. And it was a beautiful service. And I remember just wishing I could believe that, but I just couldn't. Like my heart was so hardened by um, just like anger and, and brokenness and cynicism and loneliness. And I just could not believe but I I wanted to know and at that point that's when I realized like wow it's been 10 years since I've even been in a church that was my first time being inside of a church in 10 years and so I think that uh well a few months before that is when we met and um at the time I had no idea you were (laughs) a Christian and so that's probably why you know said I would hang out with you because I had no idea but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think uh, you found out eventually, and you still you still risked it. Well, not not the first time we hung out. Not, I didn't know. Okay, not initially. Okay, not initially, because <laughs> it was through triathlon, and you invited me on that mountain bike ride, and I was like, yeah, cool, that sounds awesome. And then I didn't know until after the ride, and then we oh, I I kind of I don't know if I knew really, but we went swimming afterwards, and you saw the cross tattooed on my foot and it says faith yep. by the cross and you're like oh you must be a believer and I was like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> I do not I'm just thinking I do not want to have this conversation right now and yeah, that, um, ta- that tattoo made things a little bit awkward huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, I think I said something like yeah I guess you could say that I don't know <laughs> so um yeah and so I think just in building our friendship um, and kind of seeing, I, and I think we started talking about different things, different like God and, and different ideas and things like that. And that was all really important. But I think for me, a really important part was just seeing that you are an authentic person. And I mean, not meaning you're a perfect person by any means, but that you are like a real person and you believed in God, and you followed Jesus, and you still made mistakes, but that doesn't didn't change who you are, yeah. or you are the same person every day. And so, I mean, I definitely watched that, and um, I think, too, just, like, being around, like, meeting your family, and just kind of seeing, okay, like, there are people that are authentic and genuine people, and um, so that definitely started to um I think definitely at least make me be like okay maybe I can like be around you know religious folks or (laughs) different things like that um so Uh it 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 definitely took some time though because I remember you you know calling me and inviting me to bible studies or church services (laughs) I was like um no (laughs) Well, I, uh, I remember we'd have we'd have good conversations regardless, you know. Yeah. We'd end up having faith conversations, even though even though you're shooting me down to maybe go to an event, you know. In reality, you're you're kind of saying yes to at least giving me your ear. 
and talk yeah. to you about some of these things. And and I remember that I used the I used the miracle as ammunition because you you told yeah. me about the miracle, and then I was like, hmm. So God doesn't exist, <laughs> but He healed your tumor. Like, explain to me how that works. Yeah, you no, know? I remember that conversation. She was like, Melody, this is so typical. God showed Himself to you, and you're still like, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, think right? I was very. I probably was not very nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely that those that all that previous stuff before the memorial, like, started to kind of open my heart more, and um, okay. and then I think I remember calling you after the memorial, and, like, we, I don't even remember exactly what we talked about, but I know I just had some questions, we were talking, then after that day, I started reaching out to Abby, the girl that had, you know, originally, like, um, had, had God told her about that he had healed me or something. Um, so I reached out to her because I was like, hey, Abby, like, can you remind me about that day? Because, you know, I just, it was so long ago. And, I mean, I remember the day, but I just want to have someone else that was there that can tell me this actually happened. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> we started talking, and it was really encouraging um, to talk to her, too. And then I remember going to Coeur um, just before Ironman to train on the course and we went to Anthem church and their church service um, about the prodigal son. And so it was very like fitting (laughs) for me. (laughs) So it was, I mean, all those things leading up, like I can, when I look back now, I can just see how much God was romancing my heart. Right. Even though it took like 10 years, (laughs) it was still this, I can, put everything together and I'm like wow I cannot believe how the story fits together it's really amazing to see and it's really encouraging to see how faithful God is like always I mean because definitely to go from being like no I don't believe in God at all and I mean especially God's like dude I healed you or something and you're still like not believing in me like I don't even want anything to do with you anymore right um but God's not like that. He's still like, hey, I'm so happy to have you back. And so I think that's a very encouraging um, thing to me always to be like, God is waiting for me or anyone that's, that's walked away with open arms. And instead of being like, hey, you suck for not believing, <laughs> you know, even though I've done all of these things in your life instead of saying that which is totally justified but instead of that he's like hey i'm so happy you're back (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah prodigal son good good story and definitely uh reveals a lot about uh god's character yeah so melody at some point you know you kind of become convinced again i guess and uh you know what are you doing now it sounds like you're you're going to church and you got to got a few more things going on and like what does life look like now that you're um you know you have this abundant relationship with Christ again yeah, or for no. the first time I don't know <laughs> maybe it's presumptuous <laughs> to say again <laughs> yeah no it's definitely a lot different than than before it's a lot more joy-filled and um life-giving I, I would say um and just overall 
like a peace and joy that I think Jesus gives me. Um, and I've just been, you know, I started going to Bethany Community Church, um, which I really love it there. Um, but I also started checking out this new church plant called Pangea Communities in, in Ballard. And it's really small right now, um, but they, I like the community that they're, they're building, that they want to build, and um, their, their ideas about peace and justice and hope and kind of within the community as a whole, not just within the Christian community, but the actual community, which I think is such a big thing to what Jesus calls us to. I mean, love your neighbor, and who's your neighbor is like the person that's right in front of you. It doesn't always mean the person that goes to church with you or is exactly like you. So I think they're they're really trying to um, build partnerships with organizations that reach out to homeless people in Seattle and different things like that. So um, I've just been checking that out, spending time with them, kind of seeing what's going on there, praying about it to see if it's a good fit for me. Um, but so far it seems like it's been, it's been really good. And we meet during the week and actually, you know, read scripture and talk about things. And um, so it just feels, it feels good right now. And, um, so we'll, can, I, I'm not sure exactly well that, where that's going to lead, but right now it, it seems like a good thing to be checking out. Um, so uh, that's, been, that's been a big thing for me, um, just trying to, to spend time with God every day and just really see what he wants for my life. Um, and trying to figure out how to live in God's story instead of my own. I think for so long I've been living in my own story, which hasn't been horrible by any means, but I mean, definitely not great. And I think God's plans for me are so much better. And patience isn't really my strongest characteristic. (laughs) So um, having patience to figure that out is, is definitely a struggle for me, but that's kind of, what I'm doing right now is just trying to figure out what, what God is calling me to do and um, what that looks like. So I don't know. That's a, to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Sounds like you're making some good steps and, you know, and when we talk about, Oh, you're, Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, that means that you go to church. Like a lot of times um, that's just the first thing that our, our mind jumps to and, there's nothing wrong with that, but obviously, um, it's a lot more than that. So, you know, are there, are there some other things that you just kind of, that are kind of important to you, like ways that you, uh, relate to God or just like, uh, some of the impact that your beliefs have just on day-to-day life. I I understand that you're big on listening to podcasts, although you're not maybe so big uh, on being on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely love listening to podcasts. Um, one thing about Bethany is they have an archive of all of their um, series that they've done. So that's been awesome and really encouraging to listen to those and go through those. Um, so I think it's that's been great just to have that, to access to that, because um, it, it brings a lot of joy into my life every day. Um, I think just on the whole, like I'm really just, filled with joy every day. I know it sounds 
super cheesy um, and a little bit cliche, but I can honestly say, like, even just talking to people and um, just in my community and different things like that, like, I just have a different joy in my life, I guess. Um, Not to say I'm, you know, super awesome every single day or anything like that, but it's a noticeable difference in my life, and it's just, I... I think now I, I try to see people in my community and people that I interact with in the way that um, Jesus would see that person. Um, and it, it's so, it makes it a lot different of an experience, right? Because we're supposed to show people the love that Jesus, you know, we're supposed to show the love of Jesus through us, right? So that's why loving your neighbor is so important. And that's not always easy, but I think if we can start to, see people the way that Jesus sees us and like his grace and mercy and love. And it makes it a little bit easier to love um, even the people that maybe are a little bit difficult to love. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, your relationship with Christ that should pour over into pretty much every aspect of life. Um, It's going to have an impact. So um, yeah, I really like what you said. Um, so obviously there's, there's definitely some differences between like kind of how you view God now and like your, your beliefs or, um, you know, at least your preconceived notions about what God was like when you were young. Can, can we just be clear about what those were and kind of the impact that, you know, viewing things in the right way (laughs) uh, that, that has now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if I kind of had to sum up how I thought of God when I was younger was that you have to do, you know, A, B, C, and D to be good enough to be saved. So if you didn't do those things and you didn't do those certain things every day, then you weren't saved and you weren't in, you know, God's favor anymore. So it was really like volatile, basically, like, you know, from one day to the next. And so it definitely took, like, all the joy out of living. And it made it really hard to to actually, like, even build a community or take care of people or love people because you're so focused on your own life and making sure that you're, you know, trying to be perfect every single day that you kind of don't have time to worry about anything else. And I think now I realize that, none of us are perfect and even trying to be perfect is kind of a waste of time in the sense that um, that's not really what God is. God's not calling us to be perfect and we don't have to do anything to be saved. Um, Jesus died and rose again because we're not perfect and we can't fulfill the law. So, he came to do that for us, and now we just have to believe, and um, that's that's all that we have to do to be saved. And yeah. um, but you know, and I, and I don't mean like, oh, you can just believe in in God and believe that Jesus died for you, and then you can do whatever you want. Um, I don't mean that at all. I mean because I think if you truly believe that, then you want to try to align your heart with Christ every day. And so over time, 
you're going to be doing things that, you know, are more Christ-like and less like yourself. And so I think sometimes people mix that up and think that, you know, merit-based living is what Christ-like would be, but that's not, it doesn't really translate that way, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Well, makes sense to me. (laughs) But, you know, it is, uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot there as far as, uh, you know, living by the spirit and not by your own power. And I think, you know, when you're living by your own power um, in your flesh, that's when your, your focus is on just obeying a set of rules. Whereas when you're letting Christ live through you, that's when it's, uh, it's when you're fulfilling God's purpose, which is, him living through you in his resurrection life. And, you know, that's when you get the, the nice side effects of joy and peace and, and so forth. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah, I, I, I totally know what you mean there. And there's, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in the Bible about how those, those two, uh, systems of, you know, we could call one law following or behavior modification or just trying to do it on your own is, is one way of doing it that God definitely isn't calling us to do that. Um, and that's kind of the way that God's supposed to show us that we need him because, you know, if we try to just put a set of rules in front of us and say, okay, I'm going to go do it. You know, like that's supposed to show us that how much we fail and how much yeah. we, need Christ, we need Christ and we need him to, to fill us with his power in order to, you know, do what he's calling us to do. So, um, yeah, no, all that stuff is good. It's a good, good word there, Melody. Great, <laughs> <laughs> preach it, sister. <laughs> um, yeah, well, cool. I think, I think one, um, one verse that I thought of just when you were saying that um, was Titus uh, three four through six or three four through seven, um, and I think this kind of like sums up the differences what you experience now maybe versus how, how it was when you grew up. So Titus three, four starts out, but when the kindness of God, our savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy spirit, who he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So I think that's yeah that's pretty awesome. good about uh, pointing out the differences about not being saved by things that we do, but you know purely being saved based based on God's love for us and and that having the power to save. Yeah. And obviously what he what he did on the cross. Um, good stuff. Yeah, so, um, really good stuff. So, so one one last question for you because you know this is uh, a sports related. <laughs> podcast you know um especially as it goes for endurance sports and you know you're a triathlete so hey what the heck um so yeah I was just wondering like how does your faith kind of impact the way that you view triathlon now because you were involved in triathlon when you kind of had your nebulous I'm floating around in space don't really know know what I'm doing don't really have much don't really have uh a belief in God don't really know what my purpose in life is. And now that's changed, but you're still involved in triathlon. So yeah, um, 
that is your faith impact the way that you view triathlon? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought a ton about it. Um, and I guess in that sense, I, I mean, definitely the first thing that comes to my mind is I used to be so scared of the swim because I was so scared of dying. <laughs> uh, and that the swim can be like very, uh, anxiety provoking. <laughs> Cause there's yeah. um, hundreds of people in the water at one time swimming and you can drown pretty easily. It feels like at that point. So, and I used to be really scared of dying. And of course, like I don't want to die, you know, sooner than I need to. But I definitely feel a lot more peaceful about about that. Like I'm not, I don't have that same fear. Um, so I think that's one small thing. A bigger thing would be that um, as my, I love. Iron distance uh, races and training for those events, um, but they are a huge time commitment. And uh, I think if it were up to me, I would probably just spend like all the hours of my day just on my bike or running or probably <laughs> not swimming, but <laughs> um, definitely on my bike. And I just don't know for sure if that's really what. God is calling me to do. I mean, I definitely don't think God's calling me just to ride my bike all day. But I mean, as far as should I be spending less time, you know, maybe doing those things, more time volunteering or something like that. And that sounds big. But in all honesty, there's some things that I have been feeling like God's been like nudging me towards like there's an organization called Prisoners for Christ where you do Bible studies with prisoners um, in the in Washington State, um, different and then obviously in homeless shelters and things like that. And so there's a lot of volunteer opportunities. But um, one of my big things is I'm like, well, Saturday I do long bike rides, <laughs> and you know, so there's things like that stand in my way, and so I'm conflicted by wanting to train for these events that I love and also knowing that God's given me a heart for uh, marginalized folks folks in our society and wanting to um, love on those people but having a hard time trying to fit that into my schedule. So it's just something I've been praying about and seeing where, where God leads me on in that yeah yeah for sure i mean that's that's good stuff because that's something that you know every christian has to to think about you know if they're called to do another another project another ministry uh who they're called to serve are they called to spend their free time doing triathlon or you know maybe that time would be better directed towards something else and you know fortunately there's a lot of freedom and so um You know, there's not necessarily one, there's not, there is not one answer for every person. It's, it varies, you know, like personally, I feel like I am, I am called to put in, uh, the training and be a pro triathlete right now. And that's something that God wants me to do. So it's more like I'm, I'm obligated to do the training and and that's what, that's where I'm at. That's what I think I'm called to do. And, and, but you might be, you might be different. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I I already work full time, so it's like I'm already somewhere forty hours a week. So then, really, just my free time I'm spending training for triathlon, which is awesome, and I really like it. But 
I do feel like a push maybe to not spend, not that I'm not going to do it at all, but maybe not spend as much time and maybe more time in this other, pursuing this other ministry. So. Yeah, that makes sense. But we'll see. It's hard. It's definitely, um, I think it's, you know, you always hear like, oh, when you're doing the thing that God calls you to, like, you'll be the happiest or the most joyful. But um, it's sometimes hard in that space when you're like, but I really like doing things my way. <laughs> I want to <laughs> do things any other way. Right, right, of course. <laughs> so, sometimes you're you're settling for something that's uh, less than the best <laughs> when you yeah, do that, you, right? You yeah, you don't. <laughs> you don't know like you think you're this business is awesome but really it can be so much better yeah yeah and a lot of times in the moment you you don't know you're like well that was good but you know i i think that maybe you do notice uh not being as fulfilled um but it's it's subtle you know because you get you get pleasure from a lot of things uh yeah something some things are neutral so you get pleasure from from sin but you know, obviously there's a more uh, lasting fulfillment with uh, the things that God calls us to do and, you know, being part of his plan to to bring others to come to know him and uh, develop a deeper relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe God will use this podcast. Who knows? Um, yeah, so I really does. appreciate. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate <laughs> you spending the time which ended up being like uh four days <laughs> four evenings straight trying to get this dialed in and yeah, i really appreciate you in addition to writing the blog posts that you did uh you know getting all ready for this and just uh sharing with us a little bit about your life and just being open um and i think we got to learn quite a bit about you but you know obviously there's a lot more to the story so um, so if people want to want to get a hold of you or if they're inspired by your story, is there a way that they can find you? Yeah, I mean, they can find me on Facebook, um, message me there, or I might, they could email me. Too. Okay. What, yeah. What's your email? It's Melody, M-E-L-O-D-I-E, 1406 at gmail.com. And 140 per- points 101406 yeah those of you who don't know would be <laughs> the, the complete distance for a full iron man so we know our melody got got those digits <laughs> exactly good stuff the so facebook melody hewitt uh melody underscore right no just melody one oh just zero six melody one four zero six at gmail.com yeah. but it's m-e-l-o-d-i-e okay. Yep. That's how you spell it. Not no why. No why. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, this will get edited up and uh you'll get to see the final product uh here shortly. Okay, sounds good. All right. Thanks so All much right. for being on the show. Yeah, I will talk to you later. Bye.